From the opening frames of the latest film by Sweetgrass Productions, the monumental scale of the subject fills the screen. In concert with vocals and orchestra, the images swell with the music and pace with the magnitude of a very controversial issue in the mountain wilderness which surrounds it. Never one to shy from the dramatic, filmmaker Nick Wagner sets the stage with meticulous care, like the conductor of a great opera. At the heart of this wonderful documentary is the age-old question, do we develop the natural world for our own purposes, for commerce or recreation, or do we keep it wild? This debate, which rages in the halls of the Canadian Parliament, pits the interests of ski resort developers against the opposition of environmental activists. And in the balance lies the fate of an ancient alpine ecosystem called Jumbo Mountain. And this is an opportunity, Honorable Speaker, to develop an iconic all-seasons resort. There will be nothing like this in North America. There is nothing like this in North America. When you go up the gondola to the top of Jumbo Mountain and you look down into Lake of the Hanging Glaciers, I guarantee you, Honorable Speaker, people are going to come from around the world. This is going to help lay a foundation for the growth of our tourism industry here in British Columbia, and it's going to create jobs. And that member's writing, and he opposes it. Every measure of public opinion in the Columbia Valley for the past 20 years has made it clear that people who know that project the best have been against it. Invermere Mayor and Council consistently against the project, 79% opposed in a referendum that Tanaha First Nations strongly opposed after all the petitions, all the demonstrations, all the letters. The Minister has chosen to ignore the residents of the Columbia Valley. So the question I have for the Minister, does the Minister seriously think the people in the Kootenays are going to quietly sit by while he attempts to impose a development in Jumbo Valley? A significant departure from his usual role as a maker of big mountain ski films, Nick Wagner is applying his cinematic skills to tell a different kind of story. The evil developer coming to town to take a shit in the middle of the backyard. The woods, the wilderness. It's a familiar narrative. When I first started on this film, it was easy to buy into the black and white world those voices sold. They drew the conclusions for me, did my job. It got a bit harder as I started looking deeper into those voices, each with their own view of the world, speaking with great conviction about what should happen in that Jumbo Valley, deep in the Canadian mountains. Parsing out the details of this incredibly complicated topic, Wagner gives us a candid view into the controversy that has divided this mountain community in the Canadian Rockies for more than two decades. After a screening at the 2015 Banff Mountain Film Festival in Alberta, Wagner sat down with me at the MacLab Bistro at the famous Banff Center to share a bit of the story behind his documentary called Jumbo Wild. I'm James Edward Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project.
My name is Nick Wagner. I'm the director at Sweetgrass Productions, and we've got a film called Jumbo Wild here at Banff this year. Well, Nick, welcome to the Joycher Project. Thank you very much. Now, I've loved your films ever since Signatures. That was my breakthrough project for yours, and I'm always going to tell everybody that I love it because I really think that your films are dramatically different than what might be described as ski porn because there's always a very thematic message to it, and that's I'm always going to gravitate towards your project. So I have had a chance to take a look at Jumbo Wild. I'm very curious to know what prompted you to create this particular project to talk about a behemoth of a ski resort that's in, in production Absolutely. right now. So that's a great question is, you know, why go from a, a traditional ski porn model or, a, or kind of a more traditional ski film model to something that has more of an issue that's more of a documentary? And I think for us it's... You know, this is an issue that's been going on for 25 years in this tiny little pocket of British Columbia. And for the last four years, that's an area that we've been calling home and that I've been living in and getting to know the community. And, and when Patagonia came to us and said, you know, we want to make a film about land use, about a community, about skiing, and about something that we can get behind and really create a call to action and really support a community in, in an issue, I was like, well, you know, I, I happen to know something that, that might tick the boxes for you guys. And, I think ultimately what it comes down to for me is, is a matter of like using my abilities and my talents to be a megaphone for things that, that matter to the people and, and the communities that I live in. Paint a picture for me. What's the problem with this yeah. particular project? Yeah, it, Jumbo has been going on for 25 years. It's an Italian architect who basically sees this as his masterpiece, his cathedral. This is his, his life's work. Um, and on the other side, you basically have First Nations who claim that land as sacred. You have, and, and they've been on this land for 9,000 to 10,000 years, 400 generations. You have local environmental you know, biologists, grizzly bear biologists, who really say that that's a core anchor, anchor population in the Wai Wai corridor, and that if we put Jumbo Ski Resort there, then it's really going to be a population center. And then you have the economic questions of saying, well, is this really what is sustainable economy for the region, for the province, and, and ultimately for for places everywhere? Is this the type of economic development that people there want to see? I mean, there's four ski resorts in the general area now anyway, right? Absolutely. And none of them are at capacity. Exactly. So there's no demand, really, for what they propose. Absolutely. And, and, and really, you know, the, the proponents are saying that they, this is a... Um, will be a demand-driven um, model where they're going to create something so unique and so cool that, that you know if you build it they will come and as a skier as a lifelong skier who's seen places like Revelstoke come up you couldn't generate more hype more marketing more uniqueness than Revelstoke had and yet the real estate isn't working the, the ski resort was just sold it's not, it's not what it was supposed to be. And you see that everywhere. The developer comes in, they lay their plans out, they, you know, they build a resort, and that's where it sits, at stage one. It never evolves to, to, to the grand vision. And whether that's my you know, intuition as a person, or whether I go to economists who study this, and who are PhDs in, in economics, they'll tell you the same thing, that, that the, the numbers just don't add up. So describe the area for me. What's it like? Jumbo is um, this incredibly massive scale. When I went in there for the first time and I saw what was back there, and, and knowing that I'd been living in the presence of a place that's that stunning and, and hadn't been there really before was, was staggering to me. I, the scale of the mountains, the scale of the glaciers, um, you feel very vulnerable in that landscape. You feel very small. Um, and, and the minute you start walking around and, and you realize the 
how insignificant your footsteps are in, in the scale of that landscape, it, it puts things into perspective and, and it really says to me that those places are very precious, especially in this day and age, and, and I think we need to protect them. I think we need to do a lot to, to at least have a, have a very serious discussion about how we value them, and if we do value them, and if we don't value them, then what is really going on in our society and our culture. I think that the argument might be made that by creating a resort or an infrastructure of mm -hmm. commerce that you can actually make an area like this more accessible to Absolutely. more people, and that they might be able to experience this wonderful place, but I would imagine that once you change it in that way, it's not the stunning place that you've experienced. Absolutely, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's all very relative. I, I come from New York City, and there are so many of my friends, I could take them to the top of you know Hunter Mountain in New York City, which is a tiny little ski hill, and they would be so impressed with it. And it's a question of, well, do these people necessarily need to see that place in order to feel that? And really the people that need to see that place are the people that have the means to get back there. Whether that's you know somebody snowmobiling and, and walking and camping and putting in the effort, they're there because they no longer quite get that same reaction from being on the top of Hunter Mountain. So to me, the accessibility argument, I get it, but there's so many other beautiful places that, that can, can give you the same inspiration. And, and for 99.5% of people, it's, it's enough, and, it, and it's beautiful enough. And, and there are some places that you know, need to be maintained as, as sacred. You don't just walk in there and, and pave a road and build it a, a lift to the top. But just because it's there doesn't mean we, everybody needs to be there. So I think that it might be fair to suggest that this particular area could be a model for how we should look at every place else on the planet. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's why, that's what drew me to this project, was saying, okay, this exists in this tiny little valley in British Columbia next to a town of, you know, 6,000 people. And yet everything that I'm seeing in it, all the discussion that I'm seeing is so emblematic of every other land use decision going on around the world. And, and it really does give a model to to how we want to deal with land use and how we want to have the conversation moving forward. And as we've gone on tour and brought this to the States and brought this to Japan and brought this to Europe, um, we go to communities where they're, they're dealing with things like this and they ask us, you know, they're two years into their 25-year saga and they ask us, well, what have you learned? What, you know, what can you, we take away from, from this? Um, and it's really cool to be a part of that and be able to, to, to really bring this outside of BC and bring this outside of the Kootenays to bring that message uh, loud and clear. And, and so far we've gotten 15,000 signatures um, after one month. So. Wow. So and, the idea we'll, is to... We'll be sending those to the premier of, of British Columbia, Christy Clark, mm -hmm. um, to tell her that she should be held accountable for, for what the people in this province want, for the people around the world. And, and when everybody's watching, I think her decisions will be you know, accordingly. Mm -hmm. Is this the beginning of a new era in your filmmaking career, so that you will be a little bit more of an advocate? And not to suggest that you can't make big mountain ski movies, but Absolutely. do you envision other projects like this in the future? And if so, well, what might they be? Absolutely, and you know, it's too early to say what, what the next projects are, but I think, um, I think it's really powerful to connect with people and, and to be the voice and, and to just feel the, the genuine heart response that we get from, from the audience when we share that with them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it is our it is our ability to go in and, and and meet people and distill an issue like this and to, and to befriend people and to, to be a megaphone for it. And it kind of you know why wouldn't I you know use my, my work to do to do good and to, to make the world a, a better place right? or at least to engage a conversation that potentially could make it a better place. The film, Jumbo Wild, 
is now available on iTunes and Vimeo On Demand. You can learn more about Jumbo Mountain and this continuing controversy online at sweetgrass-productions.com forward slash jumbo dash one. Our theme music is by Jake Shimobakura. The Joy Trip Project is made possible thanks to the generous support of fans like you on Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support this podcast and the many adventure media initiatives covered here. For details, visit patreon.com forward slash Project. Thanks for listening. But as always, I want to hear from you. So please write me with your questions, comments, and criticisms to info at joychirproject.com. Go be joyful. And until next time, take care.